What is going on, spectators? Today we have a lot to talk about. Two incredible games to cap off. Pretty much an incredible playoffs. And uh, we're going to get right into it and look towards Super Bowl. What's going on, guys? My name is Jay Shiesty4, a.k.a. Julian Osius. What's going on, guys? I used to have the Joe Burrow glasses. I don't know where they're at, so this is my best, you know, second option because we're feeling a little burr. It's Joe Burrow season. Joe Burrow absolutely balled out. We're going to get into that in just a second, but the NFL playoffs are coming to its amazing climax. Super Bowl 56 is on the horizon. It'll be here in two weeks in LA and we got another home team in it for the second time in NFL history a home team is going to be hosting the Super Bowl and it never happened until last year and now we have back-to-back -back seasons with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Los Angeles Rams both hosting the Super Bowl pretty insane stuff we never got it to happen in the history of the sport and to go back-to-back -back seasons it's pretty insane. Just for the team hosting it to even be relevant is wild. Granted, LA has two teams now, so they have a little bit better of a chance. But we're going to talk about these games. In case you didn't know, I'm alone today. We're going to get into it. I had some crazy reactions to this game, and I wish I got here a little bit sooner so you guys could have seen my raw emotions. But, you know, I got to work. So we're going to start with that LA game because that was the late game, and that was the one more recent to the timeline that we are currently on. This is the third game of the season between these two teams, divisional rivals, the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, if you guys have watched, listened, paid attention to the spectators on socials or anywhere that we post stuff, you'll know that me personally, I've been insanely high on the Rams all year. Preseason, postseason, all that. I was very, very high on this team. And especially the division, like we, we talked about this, uh, this division, the NFC West, I thought the 49ers were going to get last in the West, but I literally thought they were going to have their exact record. I think maybe nine and eight, like something like that. So I was pretty spot on despite them sneaking in and, uh, the Seahawks being terrible out of seemingly nowhere, which is very bizarre, but makes sense when you like look at the roster construction, but the Rams and the 49ers, the third game of the year, and the 49ers were 6-0 against the Rams in their last six meetings, which is pretty incredible uh, seeing how the Rams have been the better team on paper, on the record books, and just pushing through the playoffs in the last couple seasons. Um, they've just been a better team, and you know the Rams kind of did a full remodel. Uh, obviously, Todd Gurley leaves. They trade away Jared Goff. They get Matthew Stafford. And on the exact day they trade for Matthew Stafford is the exact day that they win the NFC Championship and are headed to another Super Bowl. It's actually pretty crazy stuff. But it makes sense, right? Because the Rams are the only team in the sport, really, that work and operate the way their front office does. So a lot of teams... 
Um, I guess these final four teams are a great way to show that you, there's no one way to build a roster, right? The 49ers, they just hit after hit after hit. They, they, they're so physical, and they're so good at like getting guys deep in the draft, right? Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell, and the list is insane, right? They're so good at getting these guys in the draft. And they just build a physical, physical team that just outplays you and, like, outworks you. And despite having Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, um, who he, he wasn't awful in this game, but he wasn't particularly good either. Uh, despite having Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, they win games. And, and Jimmy has been a winner throughout his whole career so far. Um, they made it to the conference championship. That is an impressive feat. And they had no easy task. They had to beat the Cowboys. And the one-seed Packers, who everybody kind of thought was a team of destiny this year with the way Aaron Rodgers played and kind of the chips on the table. It was like an all-or-nothing season for the Packers. And not only did they get nothing, but they, they might uh, leave with a little bit less than nothing, too. 49ers lose this game 20-17 to to an L.A. Rams team who, instead of through the draft, built their team in almost exclusively through trades. I mean, they go trade Matthew Stafford. They go trade for Von Miller. They go trade for Jalen Ramsey. This is a couple years ago now. And uh, I think Eric, not Eric Flowers, um, Dante Fowler a couple years ago. And they've kind of pieced this team together bit by bit through trades, using the assets that they've accumulated over the years where they weren't very good uh, right before they moved to L.A. And now they don't have draft picks for, I think, like three or four years and, you know, I think you're okay with that. I, I think you're okay if you're the Rams with no draft picks in sight because here you are heading to the Super Bowl at home, which it's probably the worst home field advantage in the sport if you watch this game. This was a 49ers home game, which is uh, goes to show the state of California's allegiance, right? They're Raiders fans. They're 49ers fans, despite the Raiders not being there anymore and despite adding the Rams and the Chargers into L.A., um, there's, it's a two team state. And I mean, it's probably going to grow a little bit more. The Rams are good. They're in the Super Bowl again. This is the second time, I think four years, four or five years that they're back in the Super Bowl. So like, this is a team that especially should they win it should be getting a lot more fans. And it's a really, really likable team. Like this team is insanely likable. You have future hall of famer, Matthew Stafford, who has been one of the best quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years that nobody's really talked about because the Lions just didn't know how to put a roster to get him or, or around him. And, you know, that's kind of part of football. It goes to show that football is certainly a team sport. And we love blaming quarterbacks for not winning games. We love blaming coaches for not winning games. But if you don't put a good roster together, teams aren't going to be successful. And Matthew Stafford is a perfect example of that. He comes in to a pretty favorable situation over here in L.A., and he's had a pretty up-and-down season. And even in the playoffs, he hasn't been as sharp as he could be, despite him having a pretty darn good game uh, yesterday. And now he stamps his ticket. He gets his first-ever playoff win. Then he beats Tom Brady. Then he beats his division rival en route to going to his first-ever Super Bowl. Aaron Donald's going to the Super Bowl. Von Miller is going back to the Super Bowl. He's a guy that we've seen wreak some absolute havoc in this game in the past. Um, Cooper Cup probably has the best season as a skills position player in the history of the sport. 13 
yard receiving games, including the playoffs, the most receiving yards for a wide receiver in a season, including the playoffs. And he passed Larry Fitzgerald last week. And then I think he added 142 yards this week. This is a season, and he had two touchdowns, by the way. This is a season from Cooper Cup that we're going to be talking about for a long, long, long time because we might not, a lot of people don't even think he's the best wide receiver in the sport. And it's, I'm kind of one of those guys, but seeing how this guy changes the game and the impact that he brings, despite whether it's a scheme, despite whether it's like them not taking him seriously, I don't know what it is, but this is, they played 17 games the regular season, and this is their third postseason game, and he is still putting up 142 and two touchdowns. This guy's a game breaker. He's a game wrecker, and this is maybe the best season I have ever seen from a non-quarterback and a non-defensive player. It's, it's actually insane. So Cooper Cup deserves all the credit in the world. And uh, Debo Samuel, too. Debo Samuel's no slouch. He had an absolutely breakthrough year. And he's been the guy that's uh, killed the Rams over the last couple of years. Like he's like kind of the reason that uh, San Francisco had their number. And they were just able to hold him enough, right? They're, they were able to hold him down just enough where he got them for one big play. But outside that one big play, he was not much of a factor in this game. And that's because they were getting a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Donald, you know, I, I, I just mentioned uh, Cooper Cup having the best season uh, for a skills position player. Aaron Donald, in my opinion, is the best defensive player I have seen in my life. I'm 24 years old, so don't quote me on some, some older guys because, you know, I can't attest to, to the dominance that they may or may not have had. But I've never seen some guy fully impact the game the way Aaron Donald does. If he's not getting double teamed, your quarterback is getting pressured. It's just that simple. He, he's a freak in nature. He is a one-man wrecking crew. And with how good of an O-line the 49ers kind of piece together, right? Like, they, they managed to make that O-line work. I am a little nervous about Joe Burrow and his O-line. Because they've put together some good games, but if that O-line is anything like it was against Tennessee last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was, this game might get out of hand in the Super Bowl. It just might. It absolutely just might. So, Rams win, 20-17. to 17. Could have been more. There was a missed field goal. Um, I also can't, I'd be remiss to not talk about the Tart non-interception. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, Matthew Stafford throws a really questionable ball. This is like one of those balls that he's kind of thrown once a game where it's, I'm not sure why you're throwing that. It's, it's a bomb, four verticals. He throws it in between his two wide receivers. Like, he didn't know which one to pick. So, he's like, hey, here you go. Throws it up. There's nobody in sight. It is just Tart on the defense for the 49ers. He kind of takes a backpedal jump. The ball boinks him in the head. He does not come down with it. And that pretty much cost him the game because the Rams came down and scored, tied it up there, and then were able to obviously score again and win this game. If they get that interception, they're able to chew some clock and really put this game away and they just were not able to do it and uh, that's a big part of it so I would be remiss for not mentioning that I will say he uh he did go back and say like hey sorry um that's my fault I, I apologize guys and uh that was very big of him he was like 
you know, I've dreamed of this moment and I, and I didn't come up with it and that'll haunt me forever. So you got to feel for the guy a little bit because everybody makes mistakes, but uh, that's a pretty, pretty significant mistake to make uh, this late in the season. So uh, that's, that's a, uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So uh, congratulations to the NFC championship ramps. I mean, I, I predicted them. I got my, my vintage St. Louis shirt on today. Uh, you know, we had to go to Burrow glasses, the St. Louis shirt. Uh, I predicted them to make the Super Bowl, and I also predicted the Chiefs. That one did not come true, but I almost got the Super Bowl perfectly right. And uh, if it wasn't for a really questionable couple of throws at the end of the game, the coin flip, the coin flip gods almost shined their beautiful, beautiful head on Patrick Mahomes yet again. And um, the fact that it didn't work out and it didn't happen is actually kind of, I don't know if you're like Josh Allen, (laughs) you're just like, man, why couldn't that be me? Why couldn't they get a pick with me? But here's the thing guys, right? Last week we go on and on. Everybody's upset. Overtime rules are terrible. Overtime rules are terrible. Like why is this allowed to be this way? The rules sucks. They didn't even get a chance. And here come the Bengals defense. Not super gassed because they figured out how to play defense in the second half. The complete opposite of the Bills, mind you. The Bills had the number one defense in the league all season. And in the second half, absolutely imploded. The Bengals were somewhere around the middle tier of defense all year. Second half. What did they do? They hold the Kansas City Chiefs to three points. They were winning this game 21-3. to And they held the Chiefs to three points in the second half. Three points. That just goes to show you, overtime's not about a coin flip. If you can get a stop, you can get a big pick, you can make a big play, you get the ball back, and now you just got to get it to the 40-yard line because you got the best rookie kicker we've maybe ever seen come up with ice in his veins and send his team to the Super Bowl. McPherson was out absolutely incredible this season he had so many game-winning kicks but beyond that I think this is a really good example of sometimes experience doesn't help sometimes experience is kind of weird because if Evan McPherson has been to the playoffs five or six times and he's missed his fair share of kicks maybe he's a little nervous coming into this kick maybe he's a little I mean this is a he's kicked several 50 yarders to win the game Several. And this one was a lot closer. This became a chip shot to win it. But he needed a 50, I think a 52 to to put them up originally, right? Uh, In in the fourth quarter. He needed a 52-yarder to do that. He hits it. Ice in his veins. He has yet to miss a kick in the playoffs. He is 12 for 12. He He literally does not know failure in the playoffs. He's going up and walking on the field, fully warmed up, thinking, okay, Here's some points. Here's three points. Here's one point, whatever they're kicking for. He has full confidence because he has yet to see failure. And it's honestly something that's absolutely incredible. And it kind of reminds me of Joe Burrow a little bit. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow's had his, his fair share of stuff, right? He, he originally goes to Ohio State, highly taught a recruit. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys have seen the, uh, the ALS uh, Ice Bucket Challenge he did while he was at Ohio State. That's Kind of shows how long he's been there. It's been a hot minute that he's 
been through college and, and all of that. And he was there, transfers to LSU, eventually gets his chance against UCF in a bowl game, then gets his season and just does unspeakable things to every college team. I mean, he had maybe the best quarterback season for the best maybe college football team of all time. It was absolutely insane. He repartners up with Jamar Chase two years later. Jamar Chase is simply special. Um, and in this game, he didn't fully show it. I, I think he only had six six catches. Uh, Jamar Chase is absolutely special. And his connection with Joe is absolutely special. And, you know, you, you get a full year of Burrow. You know, he, he gets his ACL injury. Everybody's like, man, is he is he a bust? I, I mean, I actually heard, is Joe Burrow a bust this offseason? Which is just irresponsible to say somebody who tears their ACL a couple weeks in is a bust. And it's unfair, too, because he was getting compared to or to Herbert, same draft guy, Herbert showing all the talent in the world. Um, There's no need to compare a guy who stayed healthy to not. That's just, that's just irrational. It's irresponsible. And now here's Joe Burrow in his first full season, really his second full season since becoming a semi-pro, right? College we'll call semi-pro. Uh, he had two full seasons, his championship season at LSU and his Super Bowl-bound season in Cincinnati for the Bengals, bringing the Bengals to their first Super Bowl since 1988. They get their first two ever road playoff wins. And the 10-7 and seven Bengals that lost to the Jets this year. They lost to Mike White and the Jets at one point in this year. And uh, before they started winning their last couple games, lost by like 21 or 22 to Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They have just made an absolute run, and they have done everything they've needed to win these games. It hasn't been pretty. They have not dominated at all. But Joe Burrow has made the important plays when he needs to, and Evan McPherson is showing that <laughs> kickers are a little bit more important than you want to give them credit for. He has not missed, and he has given them quite a bit of points, and they've needed every single one of them. They go into Kansas City to beat the Chiefs for the second time this season. I don't know anybody who's done that in the last decade. I don't think anybody's done that in the last decade. It's gone into Kansas City, beaten them twice, and kicked them from the playoffs. Mahomes had only really lost to somebody named Brady in the playoffs, and uh, now he's lost to Joe Burrow. And <laughs> Joe Shiesty, he didn't even have that great of a game. He was, he was okay. Uh, he wasn't bad by any means. He, he made some important plays. He did have a pick. Uh, Mahomes was very questionable. He has two thrown balls in the double coverage in the OT, and one's almost picked, and the second one is picked, and gets that sack on third third and goal with the, the game on the line where they could have scored and just won the game with 30 seconds left. Instead, he gets sacked. They run the clock down, just kick at the OT, hope that the flip gods got to him, and they actually did. Uh, the main concern I had about the Chiefs, though, they truly did not want to run the ball, and I have no idea why. They had a 21-3 lead coming into the half, and they just didn't run the ball. Jarek McKinnon was pretty effective in this game, and Jarek McKinnon 
kind of came out of nowhere for the Chiefs. Um, he's had a decent little career despite being injury prone. But he had a good playoffs, and they really could have just kept feeding Jarek, running some time off the clock. But instead, the Chiefs almost played this second half like they were losing. Uh, I'm not sure if they thought they were losing. I don't really know what was going on, but they, they threw the ball a lot. They didn't really, you know, confuse the Bengals at all. The Bengals came out and just sold out on the on the pass. And it worked. I mean, the Chiefs just decided not to run it. They didn't run any clock, and they let the Bengals just score 14 in the second half unanswered. I think it was 14 unanswered. It's really tough to win games when you're um, not holding the ball in the second half and playing not to lose. And I, I've said this a million times. Prevent defense and playing not to lose never win games. And I mean, sometimes they do. Randomly in the regular season, they'll win games, especially if you're playing a team that's not talented. But if you're not playing to win, if you're playing to lose against a guy like Joe Burrow, who is like hungry, or a guy like Patrick Mahomes, or a guy like any of these teams that are really in the playoffs at all, maybe outside the Eagles. Sorry, Eagles fans. You're not going to win this game. And so the Bengals take down the Chiefs. 27 to 24 in overtime. This is the sixth consecutive playoff game that's been decided by one score. And it's absolutely insane. The quality and the tension of all these games that we've gotten leading to this Super Bowl. And for me, I can't speak for everybody because obviously there's allegiances. People love the Chiefs. They're not going to be happy about the Super Bowl. Obviously, 49ers fans, I know a lot of you guys. I'm sorry. I love you. I hope you're okay. This is one of the more exciting Super Bowls. I think this is the most excited for a Super Bowl outside of last year. I was really excited for Brady Mahomes. I thought that was awesome. But these are two teams that are so incredibly likable. Despite the fact that the Rams don't have fans, like real fans, the players on this team are amazing. I've gone 22 minutes talking to you guys so far and haven't even mentioned Odell's name because that's how much stuff there is to talk about. The Rams have maybe the best story in football this season outside of Joe Burrow coming back from an ACL injury and Dak Prescott coming back from his injury. Odell, if you watch the tape, all right, here, here we go, Chad. Odell Beckham Jr., if you watch the tape, was never the problem. He was never the problem. He was running routes efficiently. He was still getting open. He was playing as hard as he could. He was never a locker room cancer. And all it took was a little bit of photos, not Photoshop, a little bit of like video editing and his dad just willing to post it to get this video out there to prove a point. Oh, that was never the issue. I don't know what the Browns got going on over there. But this is an indictment to an organization, to players on the team, to the coaches in that locker room, to the people up top in that organization, that they just simply do not know how to manage talent. They don't know when they have talent, they don't know how to recognize talent, and they certainly don't know how to treat their talent. They release Odell Beckham Jr. He goes to the Los Angeles Rams, and he scores all these touchdowns making big catch after big catch. He had 100 yards in this game. 
and was absolutely an impact. Absolutely an impact. Now, maybe is it because Cooper Cup's on the other side and they got to give him a lot of attention? Probably, but that's how teams work. Is it because Sean McVay is out there running the offense? Maybe, but he's only been here eight or nine weeks. He hasn't had a full offseason and OTAs and mandatory and non-mandatory practices and off time to hang with his teammates to learn this offense. He was thrown in after being in maybe the most toxic environment in sports in Cleveland. And he comes to the Rams and he is absolutely on the most redemption arc I have ever seen for a player. Nobody has ever deserved the slander that Odell Beckham is on. Maybe a little bit when he was kind of having the issues with Josh Norman and all that, but like that was genuine frustration. He is not an issue. He is a solid, beyond solid, he is a fringe elite wide receiver still. And you give him another year and an offseason to learn this offense, he is going to show that he is still elite. And I think he kind of already has. So, so you have Odell, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Von Miller. Man, Jalen Ramsey is probably the one guy who's not super likable, but he's so incredibly good. They almost have to be in awe of watching him. You have those guys versus Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. Oh, man. The only guy that's not likable on this team is Joe Mixon. There's plenty of reasons for Joe Mixon not being likable, but he's had a bright, he's had a pretty good season. Ooh. Man, I'm excited. Here's here's okay. Here's my exciting thing for the Super Bowl. I don't want to get too much into predictions. I don't want to get into all that. We'll get into that the week before the Super Bowl when I have another guy here. We can bounce each other uh, some ideas off of each other. But I can't wait to see Odell Beckham. Face off against former teammate Eli Apple. <laughs> I think Odell is about to cook Eli Apple, and I'm kind of excited for it because they've always had a problem with each other. So I'm I'm a little excited for that, and um, I'm sure fans will enjoy that as well. I I just I don't know, man. I'm really excited. Super Bowl Fifty Six is coming in two weeks, and we have the Cincinnati Bengals facing the Los Angeles Rams. I couldn't, I can't tell you a single person I know that thought the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl this year. Even coming into the playoffs, I don't know a single person. I know people wanted it, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to happen. Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. And I'm just so excited. I am absolutely ecstatic. So guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Let me know your thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup. Let me know your thoughts on the games that happened this weekend. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you've enjoyed all the games as much as I have. If your team lost, I am sorry. You can't deny that this matchup is extremely exciting. Whew. Oh, man. Thank you guys again. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore the spectators. And if you're not already subbed to the channel, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go ahead, subscribe, like this episode, like this video, and we'll see you guys next week. My name is Julian. Later, everybody.